Proverbs 24, 16. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get back up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Maya Moments. I'm your host, Maya, and I'm here with a lovely friend of mine who has actually been on Maya Moments before. Uh, If you are new here or you haven't listened, go back and listen to the episode Forgiveness. Um, I have Maurice Victor with me, and I'm so excited to talk with him. Um, This time, we're not talking about forgiveness or talking about that business um, 7 by 70 at all. We're talking about him and the ways that he's creative in the other areas of his life. Um, He is an award-winning videographer, the owner of MV2 Edits. And he is now the director of creative content at Pitts Women's Basketball at the University of Pittsburgh. And I'm so honored to have him on here to just talk about all the ways that God has purposed him to be creative. So, yeah, say hi, Mo. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Happy to be uh, here. Yeah, right. It is a new year. Crazy. Um, he just also celebrated a birthday. So happy birthday. Um, and mine is coming up soon. Not to date this particular episode, but it is February. So, like February um, is the best month. At period, it's my favorite month. You got Black History Month. You got my birthday. You mean? I mean, it just doesn't get better than that to me. It's also the shortest month, so I don't know. I always love February. February just yeah. is always a good month. It's a blessing. And my parents' their anniversaries in February, so I think it's just it's jam packed. Oh, wow. So many things. Yeah, they just celebrated twenty five years. Yeah. Oh, congrats to them. <laughs> Thank you. I think my parents would celebrate 25 also. Oh, how wow. cool. Yeah, yeah. 25 years, February 15th. They got married the day after Valentine's. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, enough about me. So let's specifically talk about where do you feel like the genesis of maybe what you do now, or maybe even like the dreams that you have beyond what you do now, but all your creativity, where would you see, say the like genesis of that came from? Like, do you see moments in your childhood or like places when you were younger that you think like, oh, I was kind of already doing these things that I'm doing, or I kind of had a heart in this area that kind of led me down this path one way or another? Like, how would you say was the genesis of what you do now and creatively speaking? Yeah, I think um, I actually thought about this uh, a few months ago. Um, Surprisingly, like I haven't given it too much thought, but I thought back to when we were kids and like all the disposable cameras and this and that that we had. Um, I realized that I actually used to be the one always like taking the pictures or setting it up for like a self capture, or I had the, I'd always have it like around my neck um, and other pictures. (laughs) Like, so I guess ever since I was a kid, I was interested in it. Um, I never really gave it too much thought or, you know, really even considered that. But now I'm realizing that I think it was, um, you know, just the thing that was innately in me as a, as a child. Um, now I believe that like, you know, it really cultivated when I got into high school and I took a class, um, that was digital, digital multimedia. Um, I took it just because it was a free period and, like I, everyone said, you should take this class. It's chill. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I fell in love. I, I kind of became like the tryhard of the class, like really putting in like effort mm. to, you know, do good videos and stuff. And I'd ask the teacher for extra help. And like, I wanted to learn as much as I could, like soak it all in. Cause it was actually really interesting to me. And from there I picked up like making graphics and doing videos for my sports team um that I played for in high school while I also played like I was doing both um and then after that like I figured I'm gonna keep doing this in college so that's like what really got me like interested and I would say like college is where I really like started um going forward with it yeah and it's kind of funny I kind of explained this in a different episode but like that's kind of how I fell into acting in in the theater side as well as like it was I got kicked out of choir and I needed a a elective for art specifically and I could have done photography but kind of similarly I was always like if you know me as a person or as a friend like I'm the person that always has their phone now I'm the one taking videos of everything or photos and so I was like I don't kind of want to go into videography or video or multimedia or anything like I already did that for my church and stuff so I got into theater because it's like it's the only thing that you know, I don't do. And it's like, whatever, (laughs) it's a free period. 
I learned something new and I stumbled into it and ended up being, you know, the life path that I feel like I was called to ultimately. But it's kind of crazy how you like kind of stumble into it. Um, of course, it's interest and it's naturally things that happen, but like you yeah. don't necessarily plan um, <laughs> that like, oh, that one high school class that helped me in these areas. Yeah, it just it falls into place. Yeah, of course. Okay, so you have now you're taking it a little bit more seriously and you get to college um, and you start, do you start at the women's basketball team or like, how does that come into fruition for you? Um, Did you just know the right person or did someone seek you out? Did you apply? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, it was actually um, completely natural as well. Uh, So my, my last roommate, Philip, at the time we weren't roommates. We were just like basketball friends. Um, we hooped together. He was a practice player on Liberty Women's basketball team. Um, and just like one day he invited me to come by and like hoop with them, like to be a practice player as well. So I actually did that right. for a couple of practices, like I think one or two. Um, and something just prompted me to like ask if they needed any like photo or video help. Um, and they were like, we've been praying for that. Like, let's let's get you on board. Wow. <laughs> um, and so I started as like a volunteer for a couple of weeks and just kind of like came in when I could like after class or before class and I'd shoot practices and and just like create some content for them just so they could see what I could do um and after a couple weeks they decided to um, bring me like on staff as a student worker and pay me and so that's how I got like my start um with women's basketball that's incredible that's incredible because like what if you never asked (laughs) wow yeah I know it's it's Uh so crazy because I wasn't even that serious about it then um so I I don't even know I think they asked me to show them some stuff like when I first said it I can't remember what I showed them because I don't remember what I was doing uh back then like (laughs) I didn't have clients or anything so yeah yeah but you had enough of course whatever you had obviously was enough and then you know you just showing up you know you showed up when it mattered and so they took a chance on you and uh I mean, the rest is gravy pretty much with that because you, <laughs> you did that. Did you do that till you graduated? Like, I, I know. Yeah. yeah, you did that pretty much the whole time you were at Liberty. Yes, so. I did for basically, I was there for like three and a half years. That's um, crazy. So I did it like my whole time there. Wow. I know you, that you didn't major necessarily in digital media or in videography. You um, majored in Stratcom. So, like, what was your process with picking that major, staying with that major? And like, what was your time at Liberty? I mean, of course, we all <laughs> we're all kind of connected, mutual friends wise. But like on a networking basis, how do you feel like Liberty served you or what you got from it when you were there um, outside of, you know, just college in general? <laughs> yeah, Liberty. Liberty was great. I mean, um, I chose my major before. I don't really think I knew what avenue I was going to go into. Um, but I had spoken to a couple of people when I came to visit, like with my sister for Seafall. Um, and I kind of explained that I like video, <laughs> I like graphic design. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I like photography. Like I like a lot of things. Um, and they explained to me, like, you probably don't want to do digital media or, you know, cinematic arts, which is just video heavy and focused in on one thing. They're like, you seem like you are more of like a communicator. So you should study, uh, Stratcom. So you can understand all those aspects and be like well-rounded versus um, being like an expert in one thing. And so that's what made me choose Stratcom is because I was less interested in like the technical aspects of like how to do video. Um, Not that I couldn't have learned anything from digital media, but like um, I trusted like YouTube and, you know, peers to teach me like what I need to know from that aspect. I wanted to know more like the strategy behind it. Like how do I make, content that's going to impact people like by studying the strategy and understanding like more about marketing and what works and stuff like that so that's why I went the stratcom route yeah and I think that that's why there's a level of um in the work that you do there's a level of storytelling and just marketing at a different level that just surface you know you're not just doing things like of course you're doing things to help market things or to help whatever the story may be portfolio or just telling the story because you do do wedding videos and things of that nature. 
But I think it just goes just the underlying of like being impactful with whatever the purpose is for the films. I mean, you do video uh, uh, photos, too. So, I mean, I feel like just in terms of like who your brand has been from MV2 edits wise, you've done a really incredible job with like having the storytelling aspect. And so big ups to Stratcom and for you <laughs> I appreciate it yeah that's I mean that's a, a great compliment that's the goal yeah. is to just tell stories so yeah 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 I mean I can relate to that that's why I even wanted to do acting in the first place I felt like storytelling is just kind of what I'm good at um and now doing it professionally on the other side now you know trying to get like you my boy <laughs> um, <laughs> you know from the aspect of just helping people of course I, I know how to put a good story together and I feel like from my side, I was calling myself a social media manager, which you also have, you know, experience yeah. with doing management for social media and stuff and marketing. A lot of people don't understand that there's like a science to it. There's a strategy behind it. It's not just, you know, it, it is and it isn't. It's calculated shooting things at a wall, seeing what happens and then analyzing yeah. the data to like get like better and better. Yeah, but it's not just like, okay, I'm going to, willy-nilly just natively post I don't know two times a week spontaneously and <laughs> be able to get the yeah that's what that. I feel like that's what a lot of people think it is but it's like you know it, it's deeper than that there is strategy behind what um every brand does whether it looks like they're just doing paid marketing or if it looks like right. wow this brand is authentic it's like mm, there is authenticity to it but there's also strategy behind it yeah always always you have to have some type of science behind it to be able to analyze da data. And, and that's just yeah. is what it is. And su success will only be measured if there is, you know, data behind it. But anyway, yeah, the networking there, did you feel like you met other people even outside of like the communications house or the um, arts? Because they're now together at Liberty. But outside yeah. of those heads, did you feel like you were able to just get familiar with other people that have been helpful outside of, you know, necessarily at surface value that were helpful to your journey as like a freelancer? And then, you know, now being director, like, was there any connections that you made that just made it a little bit easier in your professional journey? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, even my journey to getting to Pitt um, came from a connection at Liberty. Uh, Shana Vega, who was a player at Liberty, and she graduated, like, I think, two years into my stay there. Um, I helped her learn some. Uh, I, I just helped teach her a little bit about Photoshop, a little bit about Premiere Pro before she uh, left and went into the workforce. And she ended up coming to Pitt and working here. And uh, before she left, she recommended me for the job. and that's how I ended up getting here. So that's one connection that was really big. That's incredible. Um, but even in that story, I didn't find out until later. Uh, I did not put him as a reference, but Pitt reached out to Isaac Apon, who's, uh, as you might know, may know, is the creative director uh, for athletics at Liberty. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, me and Isaac didn't necessarily work together a ton um, during my time there because I worked with basketball and he was primarily football. Um, but we did have a couple meetings and he helped me out, uh, as I was like a student worker there. Um, and he gave me a great recommendation at Pitt. They told me he, I mean, he spoke really highly of me and told them to That's pay incredible. me whatever I want, which wow. is really cool to hear from someone that like, I didn't necessarily interact with at the highest level. Um, compensation. But yeah, I mean, it was really cool to hear that. Isaac is a great guy. Um, and I've met a lot of other good friends to them still connected to that are in the um, collegiate athletics world or pro, um, like Colin, uh, coffee, um, Corey Easley or Ely, um, and easily, sorry, messing up his name. And, um, and a couple others, okay. uh, in the pro world, uh, Devon, I met him at Liberty and he's, uh, working with the Chicago sky. So there, I've met a lot of people that are in this world, um, and countless others. I mean, I, I just was talking to, um, you know, a potential, uh, employer and they brought up Isaac and, um, and a couple of the guys that I know that wow. they just happen to know also through the <laughs> sports world. So Liberty like has a, a great creative atmosphere and, um, I met agree. a lot of good people there. I agree. Oh, okay. So you're doing, you've 
gone through high school, you're now doing it more professionally as a student worker. When do you start doing uh, MV2 edits? And like, how does that, how do you like, you know, make the decision to go ahead and start that? And then what was your, I guess, your your goal with it? And is that still the goal that you have with it now as a freelancer through it? Yeah, so I actually started it right before college, surprisingly. So I started in high school, um, right, I think before graduating or after graduating, um, I had just done like technically my first customer was my basketball team, and my high school coach, um, because they wanted me to make the team poster. And, you know, I was just gonna make it but he was like, No, like, we got to pay you for your work. And he was kind of like giving me the whole talk about like, you know, like how it's work and you got to charge and, and whatnot. And that's what kind of got me thinking, like, maybe I should start something. Um, so at the time, it wasn't really like a business yet. It was just kind of like a name. And um, I just did like little things here and there, probably not making anything. Um, but like slowly but surely, I started like building up clientele and kind of taking it more serious um, and investing in equipment. Um, like I originally got cameras from like my, my mom, like they bought me a camera. Um, which is super, super nice. Um, but like right. pretty soon I like got another camera, like traded that one in. Um, and I kind of did that so on and so forth until like I got to kind of where I am today, which is like closer to like my dream setup and what I want to have. Um, and I think like my ultimate goal starting it was just like, um, I want to like create and tell stories at the like best of my abilities. Um, and kind of stay diversified like i think that's a big part of like my like mission like my overall mission uh currently with mv2 is to like um it's to meet people's needs meet their media needs um mm -hmm. but like something that i'm kind of transitioning into is more um speaking on the vision side of it and like like i want to bring your vision to life and uh, um, that makes sense. I want to do it in all types of diverse aspects. So whether that's like a wedding or it's a sports team that needs like an intro video, I want to be able to do all those things and just be like diversified in my content. Yeah. Like not necessarily quote unquote niching down or like trying yeah. to be, I mean, <laughs> I can go on a rant about that, but I think, uh, I think that's great. And I think you've been someone who has the credentials and the portfolio of being able to deliver <laughs> that kind of stuff, um, whether weddings or doing stuff in like the music creative industry or helping with clothes or, you know, there's been so many different things that you've been able to say that you've helped um, bring the visions of. And so I'm excited for that. I think that's great. Yeah, I think there's uh, definitely levels to um, keep aspiring to like I'm not anywhere where I want to be just yet um, like you said I deliver but I'm like uh, like I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, get there come, on. But I tell my come on like this is the creative podcast everyone I talk to when I give them accolades and I give them something they always like but I'm not where I want to be of course, of course I don't think not. any of us I don't think any of us are where we want to be because uh, no, the bar not. just moves every of time course. we get close yeah <laughs> but this is the thing I mean for other people who watch our journey I'm sure you hear it just as much as I hear it or anyone I talk to who are creative, like people are inspired by the journey. They're inspired by what you do because you demand um, quality out of yourself. And because your standard of quality is it's a lot higher than other people's usually um, what you feel is like a oh, rinky dink or what I'm doing is not where I want to go. It's still so much um, not better, but just so much more, less attainable for a lot of people they feel and so like that's the yeah, whole that's reason I'm even doing this podcast because people don't understand like a lot of us are winging it like yes we have success yeah. and we're doing it but like we're just we've you've either come to a place that you're like yes I could fall flat on my face and look crazy right now for doing this but I'm gonna try and like if I fail I'm gonna just learn from it and move forward um a lot of people just don't even they're so caught up in failing, like they just don't even try. And so, yeah, I think that's such a big thing you said is like, we're all winging it. Like, <laughs> I know that's like something that I think has been the weirdest, I guess, uh, realization is like, as I like kept on like going through this journey, like you're always looking at certain people as like inspirational and stuff. And you're like, yeah. what makes them like, you know, what they are? Like, I wonder what the secret sauce is. And, you know, you get all those, I don't know if you get these like creative emails that are like, 
my course on this or my course on that like the five secrets to success in the creative industry and like like those like I I never really got into those because at the end of the day like now I realize everyone's just really winging it and some people just look better than others at it (laughs) like I could if I right now decided I wanted to start a course and I just made some steps people would be like, oh, he has it together. But really, I'm winging it and I'm just telling you what I think works. You could make a course right now and make bank. Like, you have more credentials than some people that are making courses. I get, get, like, chills now because I'm not trying to, like, talk down on other people's business ventures and stuff. I feel like there's a lot of people who have just got on YouTube. They didn't even have experience in certain things. They just learned things on YouTube. And then now they have built a business around what they learned with no experience and they're making money. Like I can't be mad at them for making money, but they are. So people who actually have the experience and the time, the trial and error in it, you know, like, of course you're winging it just as much as they are quote unquote, but like you have the experience behind you, which kind of puts you in a, you know, a different category. But yeah, I, I have looked at those masterclasses and stuff. Sometimes I will, especially if it's free, like a free workshop, and yeah. just go listen to see like what they have to say and nine times out of ten everything they're saying i already know or yeah. i've heard i might disagree just with presenting it in like a good way yeah yeah in a like, presentational way that's put together it's packaged nicely which i'm not mad at and you know it's put together in a way that a lot of people who don't know or who haven't learned or don't have the experience they're telling them a whole whirlwind of things that they don't know I was about, about to say like i think i, I don't want to like you know say that they're not good courses or anything yeah, like that no, i think no, no. it's just like when you reach a level you're like oh wait like i know this stuff yeah i just may have not presented it this way yeah um but there are people out there that are like more amateur exactly. like just just new to the business or maybe they're just trying to get into it and they're like you know, that might all be, you know, it's amazing new information. Like knowledge. Yeah. You know, like they are having epiphanies off of these things, which isn't to even compare, you know, like I'm not saying anyone's better, but it's like when you, I feel like for me, it's reassuring that sometimes you do have imposter syndrome. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm charging people money for this. I don't even know if I'm worth this. And then you kind of see, I don't like calling them competition. I call them peers. You kind of see what your peers are doing and listening and, and figuring out what yeah. they're doing. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, wait a yeah. minute. I kind of know more in this subject than even the people that I'm like looking up to or I think are doing well. And that kind of just puts things into perspective for me. Yeah. I used to struggle with uh, like what you kind of mentioned, like pricing and stuff. Like, cause at the end of the day, that's one of the main things that I see all the time is like tips on, how to, you know, price yourself or how to do this, how to do that. And they're all, they all kind of say the same things or they kind of lead you back to the same point where it's like, it's all about your value. Like, what do you, what do you see your value as? And you have to go and prove that to a client. Like there is no, this like yeah. videography costs this much, uh, photography costs this much, design costs this much. It's whatever I think I value yeah. of my time and what my talent brings to the table. Do I think I can convince a client of that? And I think at first, like, like I had to go through a whole, like just kind of talking about my journey a little bit more. I had to go through like this process where I was getting like clients and little jobs here and there. And I did it for a while in college. Um, but then there was one uh, boxing gym that I did stuff for back home. Um, I had done like a few videos for them and kind of just charged them like nothing just because I didn't value myself just yet. But I was like in between each time I shot for them, it was like I was getting new cameras, like new laptops this and that. And finally, someone from the gym uh, approached me and was like, um, a friend of mine, she she had a son that I went to school with. She was like, how much are you charging him if you don't mind me asking? And I told her and she's like, triple it, like whatever, like next time you do something for them, triple your cost. That's way too low. And she gave me the whole spiel about like, I got to value myself. I got to write contracts. I got to do this. And she was kind of like, to me, that was the moment that I went from like, having mv2 edits but it was just kind of like a thing to do on the side almost like a hobby that just had a page and a name right um to where i kind of made it a business that's when like i went out and i got my uh you know all my legal stuff figured out and i i figured okay i need contracts i need this i need invoices i need a management system um and that's where i was able to kind of like bring it all together because she motivated me and she stayed on me it wasn't like a one-time conversation it was like we talked about it i said okay 
And then she followed up like a week later. It was like, so like, have you tripled your costs? And I was like, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm working on it. She's like, no, just do it. Then she was like, do you have your contracts? And I was like, um, I've been searching online for contracts. And she's like, I'm going to send you mine. Uh, oh, change, wow. change like the, you know, the wording for yourself and figure out what you need to add for video and whatnot. And from then on, like, you know, she made sure that I set myself right. Um, yeah. And even back then I was still undercharging, but it was, you know, th that's just part of the journey. Like it was more than what yeah. I had been charging. Um, and then eventually as I, um, you know, again, got more and more equipment, more expensive uh, stuff. That's when I realized, you know what, like my time and, you know, the value of my equipment, the value of my knowledge is important. Um, and I was Go able on. to raise my prices more and like, you know, and now I'm like, I'm not apologizing for it. You're either no. going to book me or you're not. Like I have an education to pay for, for. gear to mm -hmm. pay for, life to pay for. Um, and so you kind of just have to stick to it. It's all about just knowing your value. Yeah, I, I agree. So like I come from a family. My mom's a graphic designer and a lot of the graphics that she did, my dad's a pastor. So a lot of the graphics that she did was church under the church umbrella, ministry umbrella. She would do, you know, the programs at her church, anything that had anything to do <laughs> with paper or graphic design at her church. She was pretty much the go-to. She created all our websites, website development, all that. Now, mind you, she got her graphic design. Um, I think she got associates in it. She got this like when I was like, a year old. So we're talking about 20 something years ago when she got it. So at that time, it's not in demand as much her degree is now. And I tell her all the time she would do all of these programs like funerals. It became like her bread and butter. Like people wanted her to do graphic design for funerals. And it's not necessarily too crazy but you know she did something that was signature with all her programs and it just was beautiful and still to this day she still does <laughs> beautiful programs oh, wow. because people just love the she does some like different things with color grade paper um I have a lot of background with it because who do you think was helping her with all this stuff <laughs> me <laughs> I have endless paper cuts from folding and I know the different grades of paper and how to do it and all together but I remember growing up and, and because she was a pastor's wife, she didn't want people to think that she was money hungry or anything, but people would pay her like, she would say, pay me $50 for 400 programs. Now, mind you, she's not only designing the programs, she's also she's printing them, she's cutting and folding, she's doing the whole thing and she'll ask them for $50. For me now, I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, There's not much I would do for that. <laughs> mind like you barely getting gas and you've done all this work but you know that was her heart that's how she helped people and people would still be arguing with her and undercharging her for $50 and so I just had like I know for myself I was like I'm not arguing with prices and, and that's all I'm saying that to say like please anybody who's listening to this and you're trying to understand like oh, I think I'm worth this but I don't know stick to your prices if people are deterred by your prices, it's not meant for you. And I don't mean to say that to be like condescending, but like even case in point, I reached out to Maurice about something. I said, what were your prices, Maurice? He told me his prices sit mm, out of my budget. I did not try to negotiate with him. I did not try to like belittle him. I'm not going to go on Twitter. I see a lot of people get on Twitter and Instagram. This person tried to do that's it's not for you. Obviously, it's not yeah. for you. I mean, it's, it's the same way if, like, you wanted to go get food somewhere, but you realize this restaurant is just a little too expensive for me. You're yeah. going to go take yourself to Chili's and get, you know, two you for sure 25. And so it's that. the same thing. There, <laughs> there will be, like, there's instances where I used to feel bad, though. I used to feel bad if someone reached out and I gave my prices and they were like, oh, like, we can't afford it. And immediately I'd start cutting it down and trying to make it work until like, you know, I'm barely getting gas and, you know, yeah. I'm basically working for free. No. And I realized like, no, like it's the biggest thing to me. If there's any like advice that I could give any creative starting out, or even if you've been doing it, but you struggle with this, learn to say no, like learn it's okay. Like it's okay for someone to reach out and be like, Hey, can I book you for this? You can tell them the price and like, Hey, can you no. do it for less? No, that's my cost <laughs> because you would never show up to, a restaurant and be like can you do it for less or if a doctor is performing surgery on you and they said hey this is the cost after insurance you're not gonna be like can you like take the surgery back or like can you <laughs> charge me less no you're gonna just figure out how to get on a payment plan or yep. get some help from somebody to sort of yep. go fund me to afford that cost now again 
those are emergency situations. So that's why you go to that lane. But this isn't. If you really need a videographer and you can't afford someone's price or you need a graphic designer or a social social media manager, it's a large field. So you'll be able to find somebody within your price point. But that's when you'll realize the value. You'll realize like, okay, if I only have $50 for this video, I I see what $50 gets me. So now you realize (laughs) maybe I just need to work my money up a little bit more before I get what I want. Or maybe $50 works for you. You never know. I think in a lot of phases, um, especially when you're doing like creative content for marketing and stuff, you're working with a business to business. You know, you're not working with necessarily a consumer or like a regular client, just everyday person. Um, and so when you're working to those two, you're, you're like, ah, you want all of these qualifications for how much? <laughs> and yeah. that can be a whole different podcast episode, but it's just like unrealistic. And so I just think you, people, if I can tell you anything as a someone that is in a creative lane and you're trying to understand pricing for yourself, my best advice is off the top of your head, not even like trying to get direct numbers, but try to understand how much money you have put in, not necessarily like even with the big expenses, like I have a laptop that costs $1,500. I use a camera that costs this. Add those up, but think about the time you have spent in training behind the scenes. Yes, YouTube and workshops and all the classes, Think of the countless hours and then times that per whatever your rate you think you're supposed to do for an hour and then try to figure out on top of that, add your equipment and say, this is all the money that I've invested to know that I'm even valuable or attractive to somebody. How much more should they be paying me? You do all that so your clients don't have to. I go to the YouTube videos. I go to the workshops. I go to conferences. I go to all, so they don't have to. They're not just paying you for the one project. They're paying you for your training. They're paying you for the equipment. Yeah. They're paying you for the editing. They're paying for your expertise. They're paying, They're for, paying your for your style. talent. They're paying you know? for your talent and experience. Like yeah. you, you did more than just do a service. Like if I just came to clean your house, not to knock any other like Industry, like role. Yeah. In, or industry, but if I just came and you asked me to vacuum or let, mow your lawn, right? Like that is a single talent. Like I just need to know how to do that action. Do the mechanics right? of it, So yeah. you're paying me for that action. But when you hire someone to be creative in any aspect, like I'm talking social media, video, photo, whatever it is, they're not just doing an action. You're not just coming and clicking a button. There are people that can do that. There are people that will just click a button for you. But you're typically what you're paying for is the value of someone that has learned and and practiced and studied how to master whatever it is they got to do for you so that it's done at the highest level. It's not just like I'm not just showing up to your wedding with the camera and filming and then just throwing it together. (laughs) I'm I'm like strategically shooting it in a cinematic way. I'm using the right equipment for it. Um, You know, I'm doing the right things in post-production to tell that story beautifully so that like it, it, it tugs at your heart and you can remember yeah. it in, in the right way. It's, it's really much more complicated than a lot of people think. And so that's <laughs> where even for. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Even for ourselves, like we don't think about all that. Sometimes no. we just think I am just clicking a button on a camera. Like that's all I'm doing. Yeah. So and I can charge this. You know, like it's so many to mechanics it. to it. And when you are passionate about it, you love it. For you, it is more simplified than someone else. But, you know, a lot of times when you talk to people and if they just ask you, so from point A to point B, you know, the beginning of this journey to the end of it, can you go through every task that you have to go through? And if you could, if you go through, it would be exhausted with just, you know, getting ready, like pre-production before you even get things done. They're like, oh, this is why I pay you. And people understand you're paying for convenience and knowledge and expertise. It's not necessarily about the actual know deliverables or those are great but you're you're paying for convenience this is a luxury thing these aren't like we're talking about first world problems not third world so we're talking video for your company so you can market yourself (laughs) exactly like the fact that you even have a company like to do video for (laughs) is of course it's going to be expensive you don't get mad at louis you know louis vuitton for being 1500 to however amount of bags you don't get mad at gucci for being luxury items so don't get mad at my luxury service i would just leave it there so that could be a whole (laughs) nother podcast for another day but i'm glad you said that because i think um 
a lot of people don't think about pricing. And even for myself, it's something, you know, I have to raise prices now for myself because I'm in a different space than I was when I first pivoted my business. So it's like, okay, I'm kind of scared. I have to raise prices, but I, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, um, you got to do it. And, yeah. and you'll, last thing I'll say on this last soapbox, but raising prices can a lot of times be a good thing. Like I didn't fully realize this. I had somebody, I can't remember who it was, tell me this. Um, but it was a different lady, like just in a different time was just like, no, like raising prices is good because you will actually scare away the type of clientele that isn't actually going to grow your business. Yeah. And you know, it, it's a, it's kind of like a weird subject because I'm, I'm naturally like a helping person. Like I want to help everybody and Everyone. you know, help them succeed. But <laughs> yeah. at the same time, like everybody wants to pull off of your like expertise and kind of get free help or cheap help. Um, and it's, it's important to raise your prices so that you can grow because a lot of times staying at the price point that you're at will keep you with the clientele that you're at. So if yeah. you're working with very small businesses um, or like if it's just a single person, like a single employee business or whatever it is, um, not saying that those can't pay you, but a lot of times those are the ones that are starting out or whatever. Yeah. Um, you will, if you don't raise your prices, you'll stay with those businesses all the yeah. time. And sure, exactly. if you go out and get every single one of those little businesses, you might actually make a living. But most of the time, you can't make a living off of just that type of business. And it's exhausting. You have to elevate. Yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> you have to elevate yourself to the point where you're getting the clientele that matches your value. Yeah. And a lot of times, raising those prices cuts off the like the lower level, you know, clients that you don't necessarily need, and as allows you to grow as a business and like yeah. you know, um, what's the word? Scale. Like scale yourself up. Scale. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I think I'll be doing this forever. Um, what I am doing, I think I really, I want to sell my business at some point to someone who's, or at least have a seat at the table maybe, but not necessarily be in the day-to-day actions, operations of it. Um, so I, when I'm thinking of scaling, <laughs> it really does come into play. And I think that's some incredible words of wisdom, just, you know, in general, like, don't be scared about growth growth is beautiful and it's uncomfortable and it's weird and especially if you do have a heart for people like Mo said or like even me like I really do enjoy like helping people um it was really hard for me to even fathom that I could monetize social media (laughs) um so it was like oh wait people pay people for this like I've just been doing this but the social media industry is um it's just vast like billions of dollars there um and yeah, you know i get very my powerful. little very powerful get my little crumb you know from the table <laughs> um but it's the industry is just vast and so to i would be shortcutting myself and my value of who i am if i didn't start to you know start charging for who i am i wish i could help every single person and you know at the heart of my business i do take on at least one client that's either ministry based or someone that needs help with social media that cannot afford it i take that on right now and i'm i'm okay with doing that um i think i want to keep that and implement that as being a heart of just what it is because that's how i started um and that's how i got the love of social media but in the grand scheme of things you can't live off of generosity and thank yous yeah (laughs) so hey and at the end of the day like what are like in your perspective like what are people even wanting to pay you for like I personally, like, let's say if I didn't have MV2 edits and I just had social media just to have fun, I wouldn't pay you. Like, I wouldn't hire you to run my social unless I wanted to make money off of my social media. And so I'd hire you to help oh, me make money. Oh, so if I'm hiring course. you to make, help me make money, wouldn't it make sense to pay? You see what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. kind of makes sense. Like, you don't you don't hire a CPA just because, like, True. you want to hire a CPA. You hire a CPA because you want them to handle your money well so that you can either hold more or make more or learn how to, That's you know, true. process more of your money. So it, That's it, a good perspective. it's an investment. It's just an investment. It is. It is. Moving on from my pricing, I, I really hope you guys are listening. And I know that's notes. a whole podcast episode. That was right a there. whole podcast. You're gonna have to chop that one up a good bit. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to chop it up because, like, that was that was some real good value. I hope you're taking notes because <laughs> people don't talk about pricing a lot. A lot of people shy away from it. Transparency is becoming a thing, but people are still scared to be transparent about pricing for good reason, good and bad. But I just think be mindful. Um. Yeah. Okay, so how did how is post liberty and like 
getting the opportunities that you did and, you know, ultimately saying yes to this position and just moving forward, like how has the journey been post-grad and everything of that nature? Yeah, I'm actually, you know, I'm very grateful. Like God's been really um, good, like post-grad. I know a lot of people that, you know, post-grad, it was like a, you know, battle to try and find, um, you know, a place of employment and, you know, what they wanted to do. I was lucky enough that like, I think I graduated in December um, and I think end of January, I got a job. So I literally just freelanced for a little bit, hung out. And then um, I got this job offer with an agency that managed Maverick City Music um, shortly after I got on. Um, and they had a bunch of other like gospel and entertainment clients. Um, and I actually interned with Mav for six months before getting that position as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was already plugged in with Mav. Uh, soon after I was hired, they took on Mav as a client and I was able to help lead, um, a lot of that stuff as like a project manager, social strategist and creative director and videographer. Wow. So I, I did a lot of shooting, editing, um, a lot of planning, posting, um, and planning posts and stuff for Maverick City. So I did um, like a lot of their album strategy for um, a, a bunch of their releases, uh, like Jubilee. That's incredible. Um, uh, what was the, the one with Upper Room? Uh, oh my gosh. And with Elevation. So I was able to like work with Elevation's yeah, team, which yeah, they handled yeah. a lot of the like strategy and marketing behind that. Um, with, they were, they're an amazing team. Uh, yeah. I was just able to kind of like listen in, um, offer my input here and there, and then also like kind of shift the strategy to match Mavs aesthetic and the way they wanted to reach their audience. Um, which was awesome. Like it was great being a part of just, you know, just an amazing like rise yeah. of such a powerful music group in the, in the Christian space. Yeah. It was, it was cool to watch. Um, because you know, <laughs> I don't know you. It's weird now because a lot of people know people that you know, but they don't know them the way that you know them, right? So like yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I went to school with him. And for other people it's like, no, do you know it's Maurice Victor? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he's he's always been Maurice Victor. But like, you know, now it's like Maurice and I'm happy about it. It's great. It's just like seeing um how you've been able to like be not necessarily elevated. I do think there's comes elevation from it, but just be able to see you kind of people don't know the people behind the box. And so to see yeah. all the incredible things that you help spearhead or facilitate through and be like, wow, that's so crazy. Like this is dope. And like I know the person that helped facilitate these things. It just it's inspiring. It's cool. I I feel I feel cool. Like wow. That's awesome. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's weird. Like I, I hear a lot about it. People are always interested in, in that job specifically. And it's like to me it was just like not to downplay it, but it was it was just a part of my journey. Like that yeah. was just um where God led me and I just did the best I could, just like I do anywhere I go. Um yeah. and it was just it was a really cool experience though because you know it's it's you gospel worked, you worked with a lot a of people group. during that time though not even mav but like michelle yeah. williams i still was freelancing as well yeah, yeah. you were freelancing yeah i got to do some yeah, stuff with michelle like, williams I was like, she was what awesome the heck? like this guy <laughs> okay yeah it was crazy it was crazy and then you ultimately took this position as director of creative content um and I think for me personally speaking, I think that's when I realized like, oh, like people are starting to give official titles and positions for the type of work that is being done that hasn't yeah. necessarily been seen as corporate, but like it's becoming something that needs to be corporate because these are, it's not like you have to understand he's the director, but like it's a team that helps bring these things together. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it was cool getting that position, um, working with Pitt. Um, it's it's been cool just getting to like elevate the team and tell their brand story. Um, it's not a huge team that I work with. Um, I actually only have one intern, uh, just because okay. it's smaller. But it, I mean, it's still great to have help. Collaboration and, um, is always great. Yeah, yeah, you get to collaborate. You also have like athletics to kind of like lend a hand when when you really need it. Um, so it has been good and it's been cool working within a team that's like a little tighter 
than like an agency per se like the yeah. agency job was virtual um more so only saw other videographers when we were on sets together um but here it's like you know you're traveling together constantly yeah. um we have games together constantly so you're, you're really like surrounded by the team all the time um yeah. and so it's it's definitely a cool thing um and it's been a fun journey i love that okay so with the theme of like the whole season stuff like we've kind of talked about like all of the different things that you've been creative with surface wise um i'm sure there's stuff we didn't touch on but i mean how do you feel you have been creatively purpose and like how does your faith tie into your creativity and the way that you go about things um just in general or like specifically yeah. but like how do you feel creatively purposed I think that's a great question. I love I love that that's like the topic um, because I I believe that like, I think all of us are creative. Like I think we were created to create um, however it is like that it manifests itself. Like for me, that's within video and doing things like that. For you, it's, you know, interviewing people, telling them, telling their story or helping them with their social media and telling their story that way. Um, there's just so many different avenues that we are able to be creative. And I think it's because like the creator is the ultimate creative person. Uh, I mean, like he made all of this and all of us and everything around us, yeah. like that's the ultimate level of creativity. And I think that being able to just have an outlet for that, whether it's through this team or freelance project or whatever it is, I just think it's a blessing to, um, have the opportunity to be creative. Like I think, I, I honestly just think that is my purpose. Like, I don't think I'll ever stop creating. Um, even if I got like a different job, let's say I got a nine to five or something yeah. doing completely something different. I still think I would do video on the side or something yeah. like it just, it feels natural. It feels right. Um, and it's just something like God's gifted me to be able to do well. But I also like, even if I didn't do it well, I just love doing it. It's yeah. It's not the love of being good at it. It's just like, I like doing it. I love telling stories. So. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think um, I think more people connect with that than they give themselves credit for just being creative. I always say we are most creative when we're like, we are most like our creator when we are creative. Um, just knowing yeah. like, you know, God, he made out of nothing. We use what's already existing, you know, but he creates out of nothing. And so it's beautiful to be reminiscent and kind of like think of my faith and like how God is using me in ways whenever I get to do something creative and in whatever way that is, whether that's me acting or with me doing marketing and helping people on that side or me doing the podcast. Um, it's always like the underlying thing is like, I know like God is like calling me to something a little bit bigger than what may be on the surface. So that's great. Yeah. Now, no, that's awesome. Specifically for your lane, um, whether that's in social media marketing or project management, or if you're talking about videography, photography, for weddings, or for music, or what, whatever the case may be, with your experience and what you have done creatively, what word of advice would you give to somebody that might want to start or has started, but they don't really see the value in it or don't see that other people see the value of it? Like, whatever piece of advice you would be think that would be helpful, what would you just want to say to them? Yeah. I mean, um, man, there's like so much advice that I could give. And, and sometimes I'm like, am I really even the person to give you to give advice or whatever? Like I'm still figuring <laughs> it <are>. out. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I would say like part of like that mindset is kind of my advice is like, just don't be afraid of it because we're all figuring it out anyways. Um, I think the biggest hindrance to a lot of creatives and i've seen it like with people close to me and, and even from people far far from me um but it's like the hesitation to start something um like the the thought process of like well what if it doesn't you know well what if this what if that yeah and it's like we never know what's on the other side if we don't just dive into it um there's there's always like that fear of the unknown and yeah but like you you actually worded it beautifully earlier like if we do fail, like we can just pivot. Like yeah. there's no real failure. It's just like you learn, you move on. There's a lot of people out there. Um, I, I don't really, I can't think of names off the top of my head, but there's like plenty of celebrities that have successful businesses 
that had like three others before or like four others before. Even like Ye, for instance, like he was in a lot of debt and he wasn't really in a good place business wise before Jesus um, or all the Yeezys and everything with that. Um, And I mean, his wife helped him in some ways and now he has like a billion dollar company. So there's, there's a lot of ways to pivot. Yeah. There's, there's so many, like, it's never, you can't take it as a loss. Like, yeah, a business could fail. Um, An idea could kind of like fall apart or fall through, but it's like you, it's never really a loss if you learn something from it. So if a business fails, pick up like from what you learn and try something else. Um, Cause like if you try enough times, you're going to find success. So that's just, for me, it's just like, whatever you're thinking about doing, whatever hesitations you have, just, I mean, obviously be smart. Like, don't be like, not smart about it, but <laughs> exactly. be confident. Like, just go yeah. with what you have. And if you already have that business or you already started freelancing, like you've already been in this, but you're looking for advice, I would say kind of the same thing. Like, if if you're thinking, you may have already had the business, but you're thinking about scaling it or I have to raise my prices or I need to change my lane, just do it. Because like, you just never know what's on the other side of that until you go for it. I agree. You, you, I'm a living, breathing testimony of that. <laughs> so please just like, trust your gut, trust your intuition. If you are someone that's a person of faith, really pray about it and like, see like what God is taught you through that process. And, um, nine times out of 10, if your gut is telling you, that's usually the Holy spirit telling you, like, that's where you're supposed to be, or this is what decision is supposed to be made. So just trust that. But yeah, you can obviously follow Mo, his journey, both personally um, on Instagram at Maurice Victor underscore, or you can follow him on his business page in V2 edits. Um, and I'll make sure to like put information, whether it's in the description box or in the show notes for the podcast. But I think this is really fun. And I'm glad that we were able to touch on like just pricing, knowing your value um, and just all things <laughs> videography and stuff. Thank you so much again for coming on the podcast whoa yeah no problem this was a lot of fun yeah thanks for having me of course and um i will see you guys on the next episode thank you so much and uh i will see you guys next time Bye bye